Welcome to the Ben Wood Johnson Podcast. You can visit Dr. Johnson's blog at benwoodpost.com. Dr. Johnson's works can be found at drbenwoodjohnson.com. You can also support Dr. Johnson on Patreon, the link to which is in the description. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the Benwood Johnson Podcast. Uh, today is February 22nd, 2021. This is podcast number 61. Now, thank you for tuning in once again on the Benwood Johnson Podcast uh, to talk about philosophy. Uh, of course, we are going to continue our conversation about uh, legal obligation. Uh, today, we're going to focus on the concept of upholding the rule of law. In other words, we're going to sort of talk about the enforcement mechanism of the law itself. Um, some of the conversation we're going to have today hinges on the role of the police, um, how important the police are for enforcing the law, and the degree to which we as, as individuals understand the need for the police and the need to obey. So we argue that it is not inherent. The person is not likely to obey and the police are there to make sure that the individual obeys the law. The police are there to make sure that the laws are enforced and reinforced in a particular manner. Without further ado, let us delve right into it. As we have discussed in the previous uh, episode, whenever we're talking about legal obligation, we are talking about an obligation that is based on a specific uh, set of laws. So the obligation itself is legal because it is based on a particular or a specific prohibition, which is enshrined in a legal framework. In other words, the law says you cannot do this, or the law says you must do that. So what I'm trying to say is that a legal obligation inherently is a duty to do or to omit from doing, but such a duty is based on the rule of law. So what that means is that if it is legal, then you can do it. And you also have an obligation to do it. On the other hand, if it is illegal, then you could not do it, you should not do it, thus you have an obligation not to do it. So these are the fundamentals of the concept of obligation when we're talking about it within the context of upholding the rule of law. So every person who lives in a particular societal environment, in a particular societal setting, has an obligation either to do or to omit from doing. But that obligation in and of itself must reflect a particular law, a particular rule of law, a particular prohibition. 
Now, as we've talked about in the previous podcast, is that human beings do not have an inherent obligation to obey the law. And what that means is that people don't go out of their way to be obedient. In the previous podcast as well, I noted that human beings are rebels. They are natural rebels. They have a natural tendency to rebel against anything that is against their nature. Obedience, as it happens, is against human nature. And uh, we've talked about how you are induced to obey, how you are compelled to obey. Uh, I have also talked about how society sort of creates the mechanism which makes it possible for you to induce yourself to obey or to compel yourself to obey. But when you live in a society, when you live in a social environment, whether or not you agreed the social contract to be in that environment, you have a duty, you have an obligation to obey the rules of that environment. You have an obligation, so to speak, to uphold the rule of law. The problem is that human beings are likely to engage in the opposite conduct. In other words, human beings are likely to disobey. Human beings are likely to um, forego the rule of law. They are likely to ignore the rule of law. So, to uphold the rule of law, it becomes necessary to have a mechanism of enforcement. And that mechanism, as we've talked about in the previous podcast, could be the police, could be a threat of harm, bodily harm, or bodily harm itself. And that is why the state has the what we call the monopoly on violence, on legitimate violence. The state can engage in legitimate violence in order to enforce its laws, in order to enforce its rule of law. So the state could do violence towards every person within its purview if the goal is to uphold the rule of law. So you, as a person living in a society, once you have knowledge, in other words, you didn't, you didn't have to, you don't have to have the knowledge, um, because the law is expected to be obeyed, whether or not you're aware of that, whether or not you're aware of the law, it's irrelevant. Every citizen is expected to obey the law. So the state has this this capacity to make you obey, either by threat of bodily harm or by bodily harm itself. And that's the job of the police. That's the job of law enforcement officers or entities to enforce the law. And these people, as I've mentioned in one of my podcasts about police brutality, their job definition is to be brutal, is to enforce the law. And the law is not going to enforce or be enforced with a smile. Uh, it's never been this way because human beings, have, human beings have a natural tendency to rebel, to disobey. They have to be induced to obey. And not to digress in this argument, when you hear folks talk about, uh, you know, police are supposed to be good, that this idea that they are good police officers or just a few bad apples, it's a complete nonsensical idea. It's a fallacy. Of course, those who are advocating this idea, they know what, what they're saying is nonsense. Nonetheless, they're going to push this idea, push this view to make you believe that if you, you find yourself in a situation where, um, you know, you have to deal with the police in a way that end up and you being violently assaulted by a police officer well uh, it's just it's, it's normal right so so that idea for me 
It's a fallacy. Let the citizen know what's going on. Let the citizen understand that the law is supposed to be enforced. And if you don't follow the rule of law, there are consequences. Those consequences have to be clear. Now, of course, to some extent, like I said, you know, you learn about those consequences in school. You learn about the reality of, of society uh, when you go to, to, to a high education, uh, educational entity. So you learn about society. You learn also to obey. So the idea that you hear folks talk about no justice, no peace, and you hear folks talk about we support the police, or we hear folks saying we have to abolish the police, then we're trying to understand what is the end goal here. Because the end goal here is if you're going to abolish the police, then let's abolish society altogether. You cannot have a society without laws. You cannot have the society without law enforcers, right? So when you hear folks making this a fallacy of this this argument, it's sort of amazing to hear them uh, put this argument in, in the public and not really grasp what it is they're talking about. Yes, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, the police are supposed to be brutal. The police are supposed to be fierce. The police are supposed to have the power to use legitimate force against the citizenry because the police's job is to enforce the law. And because human beings are naturally inclined to disobey, they are rebel intrinsically and fundamentally. The only way to make them obey is via the use of force, via the threat of the use of force. So the police must be violent. The police must have this violent nature um, that that's what's going to compel, induce, or force the individual to obey. Now, this is not an endorsement of police when I'm saying that. It is also not a rejection of those who are advocating for justice. Again, if you've listened to my podcast, uh, you know, I understand there's a problem, especially here in America, when it comes to police brutality. There's a, there's a tendency for police officers to overuse their mandate, to overuse their power, to overuse their, their duty, to do things that have nothing to do with law enforcement, to do things that have absolutely nothing to do with upholding the law. So that I understand. And when situations like that happen, you know, we could advocate for a change within the police structure itself, within the way the police function, but the idea of abolishing or of defunding the police, it's a nonsensical idea from A to Z. Anyone who argues in, in, in this regard, it's either that person doesn't know what he or she is talking about, or that person has an angle which he or she is not revealing to you. Because so long as we have a society, we need the police. So long as we have a country or a society of laws, we need law enforcers. And law enforcers are not going to be uh, doing their job with a smile. It is not the job description. Now, I'm not saying that police officers must be brute, must be rude and whatnot. They, they can, you know, be tough with a smile. But the idea that, you know, the police are not supposed to be brutal, it's an nonsensical idea. And I think it is important to rectify that as we move along in these series of podcasts. Because, again, in the next podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, police brutality in terms of law enforcement. And, and I want it to be clear that you know, I understand the need for police and I also understand the need to obey the law. That being said, let's get back to what we were talking about initially. It is important to uphold the rule of law to the extent that if there is not a mechanism that induces the person, that compels the person, that forces the person to obey the law, this is unlikely going to happen. Whenever we're talking about legal obligation, the implication is that not only there is a law, but there's also a legitimacy. So in other words, whoever is enforcing the law, 
whoever is obligating the other to uphold the law, that entity has a legitimacy, has the authority to do so. Okay? And the authority comes from the law itself. The law itself. Now we could go back as to who gave the authority to the law, but the person who enforces the law or the entity who enforces the law um, gets his authority from the law itself. Okay? And that authority is precisely what makes the enforcement of the law brutal, um, you know, physical in nature. Okay? Because once you have the authority to make somebody do something and the person somehow refuses to do it, you could go to the extreme length to make that person do what it is that you have the authority to make him or her do. And usually when we're talking about a country of laws, what we're talking about, we're talking about the use of force. Okay, So upholding the law in and of itself requires that force, requires that, that, that sheer brute, of, brute use of force or the threat thereof. Because the police do not have to use force, but they can infer their intention to do so. Sometimes their presence is just an indication to the citizenry that disobedience will be reprimanded, will not be tolerated. So the citizen knows the fact that there is a police officer there, I cannot not obey whatever law that is in place in that particular environment. So again, going back to the traffic example, as soon as you see the police car, the police cruiser, you see that trooper sitting on that in the middle of the road or on the side of the road, you immediately double check your speed to make sure you're not violating the law. And if you are, um, you know that you are um, doing something that is going to be, you're doing something in which the police officer is going to have to deal with you. The police officer is going to pull you over and, 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 and in this case, knowing that you did something wrong, you have nothing to say but let me have the ticket and, 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 and let's move on. Because you know you violated the law and the police in this case does not have to use sheer brute force, anything to make you uh, pay, in this case, the punishment for disobeying or for violating the law. And in the example of the traffic, we're talking about, you know, giving you a traffic tickets and whatnot. But the idea of upholding the law um, implies the understanding that whoever is upholding the law has the authority to do that. And that authority comes from the law itself, which has the legitimacy of enforcing itself. Okay. So just to recap, when we're talking about upholding the law, what's important to retain from this is that obedience is not a choice. Okay. And human beings do not have an, a fundamental or an innate desire to obey the law. Uh, human beings are rebel by nature. They're likely to disobey than to do the opposite. So when you uphold the law, you have to have a mechanism which induces the individual to obey the law. And the, the way this is done usually is that the, the, the citizen is taught at an early age to obey. The citizen learned the importance, the necessity, if you will, to obey. Once the citizen is aware of the obligation, and again, even if he or she didn't know about that obligation, there is an expectation for obedience. So that obligation in and of itself is not voluntary. The citizen does not wake up one morning and go, you know what, today I'm going to obey the law. It is not a, a, a rational. It is not something that every person wakes up in the morning does. The obedience is, is automatic. 
it's automatic because you're expected to obey depending on how you were taught to obey in other words depending on your on your understanding of of, of the need for obedience nobody's gonna have to force you to obey to the extent that you know you have to obey even though deep inside that's not what you want to do so the obedience in and of itself is not voluntary it is sort of expected and you have to find a way to induce yourself to compel yourself to obey so so the citizen has no choice it, it is not a personal choice that you make it is an expectation that you have no choice but to adhere to okay so it has nothing to do with your understanding of righteousness. It has nothing to do with your sense of purity, your sense of superiority or supremacy, to put it this way. Again, going back to this argument about, about the law, you're going to see, uh, again, along certain ethnic or, or race uh, delineation, you're going to see people with, with Caucasian trait, uh, they're likely to sort of, okay, we support the police. And you're going to see people with uh, a different uh, pigmentation, especially people of color, they're likely to sort of despise the police. And the reason is simple. It is because the police usually reinforce rules in society that usually benefit uh, certain groups. And here in America, for instance, white people have absolutely nothing to worry about when they see police officers. And since they have nothing to worry about when they see police officers, they have every incentive to continue the status quo. They have every reason to support the police because the police is maintaining the order the way that it is, which, which is good for them. Because they get to benefit from the police more than by any, any other groups. Now, again, we have to understand the foundation of, of those, those realities, which we're not going to debate here. But the idea to retain from this is that people of Caucasian descent or Caucasian traits, they are likely to support the police because the police is not a threat for them. Okay, the system benefits them, the system accommodates them, then they want the system to continue being the way that it is. People of color, on the other hand, they've been victimized by the system, they've been oppressed by the system, and the police is the police are not there necessarily to help them to the extent that the police are not there to sort of enforce the law with a smile. Right? So these people are likely to fear the police, they're likely to despise the police, and they're likely to want the police to go away. But the problem is that within this community, these communities, there are also uh, people who break the law on a regular basis. There are also people who have no respect for human lives. There are also people who have absolutely no respect for institutions and, and the rule of law, to put it bluntly. So the police are important in those communities as well. So again, going back to what I was saying in the beginning, when you hear those folks say, abolish the police, you're like, oh, what are you talking about? I mean, you, you can't abolish the police because white police officers are likely to hurt you. If you tell me you want a segregated police and segregate in, in, in neighborhoods where, where people are predominantly of a particular ethnic group, then I'm like, okay, I understand that. I'm not necessarily going to support it, but I understand that, you know, white police officers would likely treat white citizens in a particular way, and black police officers would likely treat black citizens in a particular way that doesn't mean there won't be violence 
because white police officers do violence on white people all the time and black police officers do violence on black people all the time so it's just not the race itself or the skin tone the skin pigmentation itself that makes the police violent it's the fact that the police exists and the police must exist because we live in a society and society has its fundamental goal to instill order and that order cannot come unless there's a sheer brute force to impose the authority of the entity itself to make people follow the rules of law, the rules. So, so long as there's, there are laws, then there ought to be enforcement. So long as there is an, an, an enforcement mechanism, there's going to be the use of force. You know, people are not going to obey if there's no incentive to obey. And in most cases, the incentive to obey is the fact that you don't get your butt kicked just for not obeying the law. So in other words, the incentive to obey the law is, is to avoid that, that the use of force, is to avoid this, 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 this punishment and all that. So that's the dichotomy we will find ourselves in terms of why the police are important and why it is also important you know, to understand that people are not inclined to obey. And there needs to be a balance between those two, you know, a balance, you know. Some might say, well, we would be better off educating uh, people about the need of law. Many of the people who are, who are asking for abolishing the police, they don't understand what the police are for. They don't understand what, 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 why we have the police in the society, because if they did, they wouldn't ask for that. Because usually you, these people live in communities where there's a lot of crimes. I mean, go back, let's talk about Chicago and urban areas like New York and places, there's a lot of crimes. And these people are saying, abolishing the police, well, what's going to happen when some person decides to hurt you or come to do something to you that the law forbids? You know, what's going to happen? If, the, if there are no police officers to enforce that law, then you're on your own. So they might as well go back to the jungle. So we have to have a society. We have to have a civilization, but that civilization must be guided by the rule of law. Yes, there are problems in the enforcement mechanism, um, but we have to understand the need of that enforcement mechanism. And I think this is fundamental when we're talking about upholding law. And most people tend to see this differently because it suits a particular narrative uh, as, far, as far as doing this and that. But they, most of them, know the reality. Um, because the police or enforcing the rule of law has nothing to do usually with skin tone or skin color. It's just for the fact that there are laws and those laws must be enforced. You cannot enforce the law with a smile. There ought to be a threat of use of force or use of force itself. So when we're talking about upholding the law, we need to consider that human beings are not likely to obey. In fact, they're likely to disobey or not obey at all. So in this case, there ought to be a mechanism that makes it possible to uphold the law. And that's what we call upholding the rule of law. <laughs>